is the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our weekend service right here at our campus located in downtown Brea, California. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. All right, I want to get into the Word tonight. I've got something that's been on my heart that I started sharing last week. And uh, I want to just dive right into it. So if you have a journal, uh, I would recommend go ahead and pull your journal out because there's a few things you're going to want to take notes on. Uh, We will be giving out brand new journals in two weeks. So every time we start a new series, we give out a journal so you can have a place to capture your thoughts, capture the images, capture the word that's being shared. So we'll be giving out new journals in just two weeks. Uh, But if you don't have one, you can always grab one at the end as well. So last week... We heard a word from the Lord that I hope was an encouragement to you. If, you. if you weren't here last week, you can check out our podcast. You can check out online on our website, <coughs> our sermons. But what we saw was that, that God created everything here on earth. All of living things go through and grow through seasons. Everybody say seasons. The Lord put on my heart to do just a little two-part message on seasons, the seasons that we all go through. Now, Southern California, we don't know about seasons very much. We know hot and we know cool. That's about all we know when it comes to seasons. Other parts of the United States experience seasons. But we see back in the Word of God that everything was created to go through seasons. And here's what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes. Take a look. It says, to everything there is a season. Everybody say everything. Everything. To everything there's a season. Everything. A time for every purpose under heaven. Now, sometimes we stumble along with that scripture and go, every purpose? There's, there's, There's every purpose under heaven? There's a time for everything? Yes, there is. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck. The word is harvest. What is planted? And that scripture goes on and on and talks a little bit more about that, what it means that the Holy Spirit inspired, God inspired Solomon to pen these words so that we would understand that everything grows through seasons. Now we see that in nature, right? Traditionally, right? Winter time is the time of waiting. Uh, It's the time of repair. Matter of fact, we got this little thing. I think we have it up here. Do we have it? Yeah. You know, uh, well, winter is the time where we're having hope. That's on the bottom there. Springtime, a lot of work. A lot of work. We're sowing seed. We're planting seed. We're sowing seed. Um, and, and, and it requires a lot of patience. Summer is, is, requires patience because, hey, there's photosynthesis happening. The plants are growing and it requires patience. You're saying, hey, I want to see something happen. And then, of course, then we look at fall. That's the time of reaping and benefiting and being rewarded. But that, 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 that's going to be requiring thankfulness to say thank you for what we've received. And then, of course, winter, which is the time of repair and hope hope because it can seem a little bleak. Many of you were here last week and we we heard that there is a reason for every season and there's a purpose in the process. There's a reason for every season and there's a purpose in the process. For every process, there is a purpose. And that's what we wanted to hit on. We wanted to hit on that. Now, like nature, like nature, just let me quickly review. Like nature, you and I, we go through seasons. Winter time, There were some folks here last week, uh, they just experienced a death in their family. And they saw me after the service, they said, Pastor Kelly, that word was exactly for me. We are in a winter season, and we're wondering if we'll ever experience life again. Because they experienced death, that's a winter season. That's a winter season. They needed hope. 
You might be in a spring season. Like I said, each of us are working hard. Uh, we're sowing into our careers. We're sowing into our family. We're sowing into our education. We're wondering, will we ever see results from all this seed that we're sowing? That's the springtime, a lot of hard work. And then summertime, you know, summertime for us personally is like, it's, it's stressful. It's the heat. It's like, man, Lord God, these days are long and I'm going through all of this and I'm wondering... Will there ever be an end to this stress? Will there ever be an end to this? And then, of course, then there's the fall season. And some of you go through, you're going through the fall season, which means you're reaping from the rewards of what you've gained, of what you've worked hard for. And that's a season where you need to be thankful and you need to be generous and preparing for the future. See, it's important to know what season you're in so that you can be prepared, right? So you can actually function and operate according to that season. Isn't that right? It's important. It reminds me of a Surfer Joe. I've got a story. I got a few stories about Surfer Joe. I haven't talked about Surfer Joe much here, have I? I don't think I have. I haven't talked about Surfer Joe. Surfer Joe, I used to call him something else, but I'm gonna call him Surfer Joe now. Uh, Surfer Joe and his wife, they live near the beach. Uh, you know, that way Surfer Joe could surf anytime he wanted to. And it was the end of summer. It was scorching in the heat. And it was kind of like today, you know, it was just kind of hot. And Surfer Joe's wife comes in one day and she says, Joe. Everybody say, Joe. 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 All you've done is surf. All you've done is laid around the house. Look at our home. It's a disaster. The grass is overgrown. The, ho the, the house looks terrible on the outside. It needs a paint job. Maybe it's true what they say about all you surfers. Joe gets angry. And she says, whatever, Joe. And she walks out the door and she slams the door and she heads off to work. Now Joe's upset. And he's like, dude, what did she just say? What do they say about surfers, man? I don't like people talking about us surfers like that, dude. So oh, we're not lazy, dude. Oh, I got something I'm going to do. I'll show her. So he makes his way over to Home Depot. And he heads over to Home Depot and he buys a bunch of paint. And he goes up to the counter and he puts a bunch of paint down on the counter. And the guy says, oh, you got yourself a project. He said, yeah, dude, I got a project, dude. I'm going to paint the whole house, dude. That's right. And when my wife comes home, she's going to apologize to me, dude. She's going to be sorry. Well, he heads back to home, and uh, he starts in on it. That evening, she gets home from work, right? She comes up, and she sees that the house is halfway painted now. He's been working hard, but, but Joe's nowhere to be found. And she's like, wow, well, maybe I was wrong about Joe. Where is he? Where is she? She started looking around for Joe. She makes, his way, makes her way around to the back of the house, and there's Joe laying on the ground, sweating, dehydrated, and unconscious. She starts to freak out, Joe, baby, what happened, Joe? He starts to wake up and out of heat exhaustion looks at her. And she's a little confused because he's wearing a jacket. And she's thinking, what's wrong with him? And, she, and he wakes up and goes, oh, hey, dude, how's it going, babe? What do you think of the house, babe? And she goes, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But Joe, what happened? Why are you wearing a jacket? It's the middle of summer. And he says, well, dude, you know, I was reading the instructions, you know, and it said for best results, use two coats, dude. 
Surfer Joe. <laughs> Surfer Joe. I tell you, you got to know the seasons. You got to know the seasons you're in. You don't wear jackets in the middle of summer. <laughs> don't wear jackets in the middle of summer. This way you can know how to respond, what to do and what not to do in the seasons. Each season has unique challenges. Each season has unique opportunities. No matter what season you find yourself in, wherever your career is, wherever your relationships are, wherever your marriage is, each season has unique challenges and each season has unique opportunities. But I can tell you this about all the seasons. All four seasons and even the transition seasons that you're going through are going to require perseverance, patience, and faith. Those are common for every single season, every single one. I asked this question last week, and I want to I ask you again right now. And this is rhetorical, so just kind of keep it to yourself. What season are you in? What season are you in in your career? What, what season are you in in your marriage? What season are you in spiritually? Talk to some friends that when I've asked them this kind of question, I say, hey, where are you at spiritually? And I talk to pastors and non-pastors and non-pastor pastors. Those are pastors who really shouldn't be pastors. <laughs> non-pastor pastors. I say, what, what, what season are you in spiritually? And it's sad to hear how many of them are in the summer season where it's dry. It feels like nothing's really happening. It's kind of dry. Kind of weary. Kind of weary. I've noticed something, though, as I've talked with people and even in my own life. There's one thing that's common through all the seasons. And it's something that I struggle with. And if I struggle with it and I talk to a few other people, they do too. I believe it's, it's very common for most people. We struggle with, in the seasons, wherever we're at, waiting. The waiting time, right? In between seasons, the waiting for something to be fruitful and productive, the waiting to see results, the waiting to see healing or whatever. How are you at waiting? Let me ask you, how are you at waiting? That can be tough, can't it? I mean, not just waiting on the freeway, not just waiting in line at the DMV. That's not what I'm talking about. That frustrates everybody. I'm talking about like the single person who's waiting on God to see if marriage is even in their future, right? The, the childless couple that's waiting to see if growing a family is actually going to be in their future. The person waiting for healing in their body. The person waiting for a relationship to be restored. The person who's waiting because they're in a dead-end job and they're, they're tired of it and they're wondering, is there any relief? Is there any meaning for my future. Waiting can be the tough aspect of any season you find yourself in. But what I've learned, and this is what I want to talk about today and, and give you some tools to walk away with, what I've learned that it's in the waiting where we learn and we grow. It's in the waiting where God does his best work. Whenever I look through Scripture, from the beginning to the end, it's in the waiting where God is doing the most work. 
And God gives us these words of hope. And he doesn't want us to be discouraged or despair when we're waiting. And he gives these words, and he spoke through the prophet Isaiah. And I'm going to invite everybody to read these words out loud so we can charge the atmosphere with God's word to help build our faith. Ready? Begin. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is a promise from God. That is a promise from God. You wonder sometimes, well, what are the promises? This is a promise from God. There's a promise found in his word. Matter of fact, there's over 4,000 promises in the Bible that we need to be aware of. We even sang that song tonight about his faithfulness and his promises. Well, this is one of them. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. See, there's a purpose in the waiting process, and the purpose is you're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger. I know it's hard to see. It's hard to believe, but you will. See, because we tend to say, oh man, if only I could get past this waiting process. I just want to get past the waiting, right? Because we're impatient. Americans, we're very impatient. Human beings, we're very impatient. McDonald's started training us in the 1950s, right? That faster is better. It doesn't matter the quality. It just means faster is better, right? That's what we were trained in. Faster is better. Matter of fact, in business, I remember because I was in business school at Azusa Pacific University, and they said, if you can reduce the wait time, there's more profit to be made. And like I said last week, Amazon is working really hard to shrink the wait time between click and ding dong. They're working really hard to shrink that wait time because there's more profit in there. But listen, God's system doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. His kingdom system falls more in line with the old saying that anything good is worth waiting for. It takes time. Anything good takes time. Takes time. I am not a microwave dinner kind of person. I'm not. I don't mind waiting. Because there's something about cooking it in a microwave that I just, it's like, ah, not as good. And I know some of you might argue with me. You might say, oh, no, no, Kelly, you haven't had my whatever that comes out of the microwave. <laughs> okay. But I like, I like opening up an oven after about an hour or whatever, taking out fresh bread. Mm. I like opening up an oven and having a nice chicken pot pie that my wife has made for us. I don't mind waiting because it's good. Ever tried to eat a chicken pot pie out of a microwave? I'm sorry, it's not as good. See, God's system doesn't work that way. There's a story about a hurry up dad. Hurry up dad. Hurry up dad. It actually took place way back when uh, James Garfield, who was the 20th president of the United States, before he became the president of the United States, James Garfield was the president of a college, of a university in Ohio named Hiram College, back there in Ohio. And as he was the president of that school, he would oftentimes have wealthy benefactors and wealthy parents approach him about their kids. Well, on this particular day, the hurry-up dad came to Garfield, brought his son in and said to him, is there any way that my son can get done with college quicker than four years? Because I want to get him through college, get him in the marketplace so he can start making money as fast as he can. Garfield was recorded as saying, yes, it can, he can. 
But sir, it really depends on what you want your son to become. You see, because an oak tree takes about seven years to become a strong oak. Let me ask you what your son is to become. Because you can have a squash in like three months. It's true. What do you want? What do you want in your life? What are you desiring? See, the waiting time is a growing time. And the waiting time is a strengthening time. No matter what season you find yourself in, whether it's the bleakness of winter or the hard work of spring, or the dryness of summer, or even the celebration of fall, waiting times can help grow us. Waiting times can strengthen us. And what God is doing during that time is he's building and strengthening your muscles, the muscles that are most important to him and really need to be most important to you. It's not your quads. It's not your biceps. It's not your pecs. It's your faiths, your faith muscles. See, faith is a muscle and it needs to be worked. And most often God is working on those faith muscles during the waiting time. It's true. It's true. So here's what you can say to yourself. I'm in this waiting period, but God, I know you're, you're strengthening me. You're building me perseverance, determination, patience. Faith is growing, strengthening those muscles that matter most, that are going to get you through the next season. See, God, God's best went through waiting times. They did. Abraham, God's man, the friend that he chose way back in the day and said, hey, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing to nations. You know, he was 75 years old when God promised him and said, you will be the father of many nations. Abraham was 75 years old. It was 24 years later before he even experienced one child. 24, that's 24 years of waiting. 24 years. God, I've been waiting for a month now for this thing to come through. And God's like, I know, I hear you. Let's grow you. Remember Abraham, he waited 24 years. I got to wait 24 years, God. No. Moses, God said, I'm going to lead. You're going you're gonna to lead my people. You're going to lead my people out of bondage and slavery. And he waited, Moses waited 40 years in the wilderness before he began to do what God had already put into his heart. 40 years. One of my favorite guys in the Old Testament, Joseph. God gave Joseph a dream when he was 17 years old. You will be the leader of a nation. He was 17 when he got that dream. He had to wait 13 years, 13 years. And man, it wasn't easy waiting. It was 13 years of being in bondage, into slavery, falsely accused and falsely imprisoned. Waiting, waiting in a pit, waiting in a palace, waiting in a prison. Boy, that'll preach. That's a lot of peas. Waiting. And 13 years later, he begins to see the realization of the dream that God had given him. Children of Israel, Messiah is coming. And so they waited. They waited. They waited one decade, two decades, three, four decades. A hundred years goes by. 
And they waited. Sadly, many of them stopped waiting for the Messiah. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene, many people weren't waiting. You know, it's interesting. There was just a small group of people that recognized that Jesus was the Messiah. You know who they were? They were the people who waited. Who waited. They were the people who were waiting. So see, the problem we have in our seasons is we're saying, God, we want you to fit into our schedule, into our timeline. We want you to, to, to pay attention to my calendar, God. Can't you see that the end of the year is coming? <clears throat> I got my life, God. I got my schedule. I got my plans. I need you to fit into my life. We're asking God to fit into our lives. All the while, God's saying, yeah, but you know what? If you fit into my life, into my ways, it'll be better. We're trying to force God into our ways, into our plans. We're wondering why it doesn't mesh. God is saying, no, Kelly, I want you to fit into my life so you can see my plan for eternity, my plan for humanity. See, his ways are different than our ways. His timeline, (laughs) sadly, is oftentimes different than ours. But he's never too late. He's always on time. But his time is the right time. His time is always the right time. It's funny, uh, in the Bible, uh, we read in 2 Peter chapter 3 that it says, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day to the Lord, right? Because that's his perspective on time. He's eternal. Uh, I remember Surfer Joe. Surfer Joe. Everybody say Joe. Surfer Joe one time heard this scripture and he went to prayer and he said, okay, God, dude, dude, God, dude. It's, if it's true that like a thousand years is like a day to you, is that true, God? And you know, Surfer Joe's praying and God says, yes. He says, well, dude, God, then, then like a million dollars is like a penny, right, dude, God, dude? God says, Yes. Surfer Joe says, well, dude, Lord, can you give me one of those pennies, dude? <laughs> and God says, yes. Just a minute. Just a minute. One minute. You get it? Yeah. Dude, that's right. But see, we want God's resources. We want God's resources, but we don't want his timing. We want God's hand, but we don't want his calendar. We want God's money, but we don't want his minute. God's timing is always perfect. And he wants to strengthen us and grow us through the waiting times. Now, I know that can sound discouraging. Oh, no, this is hard. This is hard. God knows it's hard. That's why he says, those that wait on me shall renew your strength. It's a promise. Shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint. That's something that you need to begin to declare over your life when you're in that waiting time. Begin to look to those promises and say, okay, I'm going to begin to say, Lord, this promise is for me and I'm going to stand on it in the name of Jesus Christ. Allow your faith to grow. One of the things I was telling a friend of mine uh, just the other day, uh, we were walking after having lunch together. I was saying, you know what you need to do is you need to get and you need to write down some of those promises of God, like Isaiah here. Write those promises of God down somewhere. Put it somewhere that you can speak it out loud. You need to hear yourself declaring the promises of God because he's in a waiting season right now. 
And I said, you need to be declaring these things out loud. And I said, here's the reason why. Because the Bible says in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith grows as we hear God's word. It, it, it does something in our spirit that builds faith and begins to grow. So as we begin to declare the promises of God out loud, we begin to hear ourselves speaking those promises and it builds faith. And it helps you navigate those waiting seasons. It helps you strengthen yourself for those waiting seasons. Building yourself up. Strengthening yourself. So Pastor Kelly, what do I do? What do I do in this waiting season then? Okay, I get that. I'm going to declare the promises of God. What can you practically do? If you find yourself in that waiting time, whether you're in spring, summer, winter, or fall, what are you going to do? Well, if you're a note taker, get ready, because I'm going to give you three practical things to do during the waiting season of your life. The waiting time of your season. The first one is reflect. Everybody say reflect. Self-reflection is so important. If you find yourself in a waiting season, it's time to reflect. It's time to reflect. One of the things that farmers will do is they've learned over the centuries that they, they embrace the winter as hard as it can be, as challenging as it can be. One of the things that they do is they reflect during the winter season. They make that season a, pro, a productive time, even though there's no growth, even though the ground is frozen. They make that productive, so they reflect. Okay, what did we do last year? What don't we want to do again next year? What did we learn from last season that we don't want to repeat again? What did we learn from last season that we want to do again? You know, farmers will say, you know what? We used that tool last season. Let's get rid of that tool. Let's get something new. And they use winter at that time of reflection, that waiting time to begin to assess, to reflect, and to say, okay, what do we need to do differently? So when you're in that waiting season, the first thing you do is reflect. How did I get here? And why am I here? How did I get here? And why am I here? Did you choose to get into this season? Maybe you did. Maybe you did. It's good to reflect and remind yourself, oh yeah, I chose to be in this season. Well, maybe this season was thrust upon you. And you're going, oh man, I didn't choose this. Okay, good to reflect on that. Maybe it's a natural part of life, like children. My wife and I are adjusting to a new season where our kids are, are leaving the nest, as they say. You know, they're spreading their wings. They're in college, and they're beginning to do more independent things. My wife and I find ourselves more often, just her and I, going, you want to walk around the mall? You want to see a movie? <laughs> We're used to doing things with our kids, activities with our kids. And so we're in that season. That's just a natural thing. And it's good for us to reflect and go, this is natural. This is a natural part of life. But also when you're reflecting, maybe you're in a season because you made some bad choices. Maybe you're in a season that's the consequences of your actions. Can't ignore that. You made some decisions that, well, the Bible might even call sin. And now you're dealing with the consequences of that. And you're in a season, possibly of regret. Good or bad, it's good to reflect. Take a look at what it says in Psalm chapter 139, verses 23 through 24. It says, search me, O God, know my heart. This is a reflection scripture. Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you 
and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You see, David was reflecting here. Search me, God. Search my heart. Because if you find yourself in a season because of bad or even sinful decisions, it's time to get right. God may even leave you in that season until you get right. And getting right is not hard. See, God is so gracious and so loving. He calls us to repent. Repent means turning from this way and beginning to go that way. If I'm walking down this road and I'm experiencing a season that's just like hell on earth, God says, just repent. Turn to me and you'll be restored. You'll be refreshed. Repentance really is easy. It really is. The Bible says, and I don't have the scriptures on the screen, but it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just, which means he has to. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. One translation says wickedness. Another translation says sin. See, God just says, hey, just say it like it is. Get straight, get right, confess it, and I'll clean you up. I'll get you out of that stinky, smelly sin. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Let me tell you what this says. It says, repent. Everybody say, repent. repent. It says, repent. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, repent that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, God says, if you find yourself in a season that's the consequences of your bad actions, Simply repent and let God bring refreshing. In my mind, what that is, is that's like a person walking in the desert under the heat of summer going, God, I made a decision and now look where I'm at. I, I, that was so stupid of me. And God says, lift up your head, repent. And it's like God saying, as soon as you say, God, I'm sorry, that was sin. Forgive me. It's like God's just pouring water from heaven saying, good, I want to refresh you. I want to cleanse you. I want you to move on to the next season, the next season. God loves us enough to let us stay in the dry seasons until we call out to him. That doesn't sound like a loving God. Oh, it is. Because he wants you to experience all that he has for you. As we reflect and we repent, we will experience refreshing. It's a promise from God. Number two. Everybody say remind. 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 You got to remind yourself. Not only reflect, but you got to remind yourself. And I talked about this last week. Remind yourself that seasons don't last forever. Say you repent and refreshing comes. And you go, well, it feels like I'm still in this season. It's okay. Seasons don't last forever. It's coming to an end. Say, God is not done with me yet. I said this last week and it's worth repeating again. God is at work and he's not done yet. I want you to say that with me. God is at work and not done yet. Everybody say, God is at work and not done yet. You got to remind yourself, God is not done with me yet. Look what it says right here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I mentioned this last week and it's worth repeating. I, and I am certain that God, who began the good work in you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. Mm, that should make you feel good. That should encourage your heart. Because right now you might be saying, Oh man, God, are we ever going to get this done? God says, Yes. Yes. I started something in you and I am not done yet. Not done yet. 
So number one, we reflect. Self-reflection, so good. Number two, we remind ourselves that God is not done yet. And number three, take a look. Rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Rejoice. Mm-hmm. Rejoice in the waiting? Yeah. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Rejoice. Look for some reason to find joy. I love those people that can find joy in any season. Have you been around those kind of people? They're good to be around. They're life givers. You know, the people that are in in the, the coldness of winter, they'll say, oh yeah, but isn't the snow beautiful? Yeah, but it's cold. I know, but isn't it beautiful? Look how it glistens. You can go sledding. You can go skiing. See, they're finding joy where others are going, oh, snow. Maybe you're in a winter season in your life and you're going, oh, no. Maybe you need to be able to lift your head and say, you know what? There's got to be a reason to be joyful somewhere in this season. Summertime, spring. Can you find joy somewhere in the season you're in? Because every season has something to be joyful for. In nature, winter, there's joy to be found. Spring, sometimes it's easier to find joy in spring than the heat of summer. Then the fall. Even tonight, we talked about the smell and the tastes of fall. It's one of the reasons why I had you do that. Hey, let's look at fall. What are some things to be thankful for? Orange is my favorite color, so I get to see a lot of orange during fall. I'm thankful for that. Honestly, I look for ways to be thankful. How about in your life, in your marriage? Are there things you can begin to say, well, thank you, God, that, well, he doesn't always burp after dinner, at least half of the time. Look for ways to be thankful. Look for ways to be thankful. I'm thankful, God, that she, well, cleans the house really well. She can't cook it all, but man, can she clean, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hey, look for ways to be thankful. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, let's all read this together. Ready, begin. In everything, give thanks For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I've had so many young people, Pastor Kelly, I really want to know what the will of God is for me. I want to to know what my career path is. I want to know who I'm going to marry. I want to know how much money I'm going to make. I want to know where I'm going to live. Can you tell me? I said, I'm not a fortune teller, okay? This isn't some sort of crystal ball. Well, then what is God's will for my life? And oftentimes I'll turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. I say, you want to see what God's will is for your life? Let's read this together. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. That's what it says. The will of God is that you would be thankful. In, In what times? The hard times and the good times? Everything. Find a way to be thankful. Find a way to be thankful. Because like I've said before, I'd rather be around a person who's thankful than somebody's, oh, oh, is me. Look for a way to be thankful. Because a thankful heart is, as Junior Asparagus says in the old cartoon, Veggie Tales, a thankful heart is a happy heart. I love that phrase. My girls used to watch it. We used to sing that song. Because a thankful heart is a happy heart. And you know, one of the things to really push against depression One of the things to push against anxiety is begin to give thanks. 
It's like an ax that begins to beat away at depression and anxiety. It doesn't go away right away, but a thankful heart begins to just hack away at that. Begin to see things a little more clearly. The season of waiting becomes a little easier to manage and to walk through. So what do we do during the waiting time? Take a look at these three things one more time. Bring those up for me, would you, Kelby? Number one, what do we do in the waiting time? Number one is what? Reflect. Look back. How did I get here? Number two, remind myself God's not done. This season won't last forever. And number three, what? Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Give thanks to the Lord. Let's do that right now, right where you're sitting, right where you're at. Carrie, would you mind coming up here and jumping on the keys for me? Right where you're at, just go ahead and take a moment. Maybe you want to close up your Bible, close up your notes, uh, and just kind of begin to reflect right now on the season that you're in. How'd I get here, God? Maybe, maybe you need to even take this moment to, to repent. Say, God, I'm in this season of life right now because of some bad decisions I made. I was unfaithful. I was selfish. I was hurtful. And now I'm facing the consequences of that. Right now, right where you're at, simply say, God, forgive me. Confess that sin to God. He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Maybe you're in the season, and as you're reflecting, you're saying, I chose to be here, but it's hard. It's difficult. Remind yourself why you did it. And it's important, and it's worth it. The work is going to be worth it. Remind yourself, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Maybe even now you need to pray in the Spirit. And allow your spirit to be renewed and refreshed and rebuilt. God, you're not done with me. Remind yourself, God, you're not done with me. The work you began in me, you will see through to completion. Come on, remind yourself of that. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And finally, just would you just give thanks? Can you find a way to rejoice? Can you look at the season you're in and look for something, some beauty, some inkling of life that you can begin to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Though it's hot outside, Lord God, I thank you that I can sweat and my body can cool. I thank you that I have two legs that get me around. Lord God, thank you that I have a voice that I'm able to talk to friends and ask them to pray for me. Look for ways to be thankful right now. Would you just rejoice in the Lord right now? Thank you, God, for health in my body. You may even have to speak that out in faith. God, I thank you that you are at work in my body, healing my body, healing my mind, healing my emotions healing my relationships. In Jesus' name, all across this room. Now I'm just going to pray over you. And if, if you're in a season 
where you're, you're feeling that this waiting time can be difficult and you're, you're waiting through a season, I'm going to ask you to put your hands just in front of you right now. I'm going to pray a blessing on you. And your hands just symbolize, they signify a receiving from the Holy Spirit as I pray this blessing over you. You don't have to make a big show about it. Just put your hands out in front of you. you just want to receive a blessing from the Lord. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, that as these hands are extended across this room, that God, you would begin to pour forth blessing upon them in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you, in this waiting season, would begin to affirm in them the work that you are doing. Show them even tonight as they lay down in bed that, God, you are at work strengthening them, that, God, you are at work, you are just getting ready to provide for them financially. So remind them, God. Remind them that, Lord, your promises are yes and amen, that, Lord, you have promised that if we will give, it will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over, that these have been faithful givers, and, Lord, you're going to reward them in the name of Jesus Christ. Remind them of that, O Lord God. And now, Lord, I pray and declare in the name of Jesus Christ for the man and the woman who are desperately desiring a restoration of a relationship, that, God, you would do something supernatural and miraculous, that as they wait on you, Lord God, they would be strengthened. They would mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. God, restore. God, redeem. God, raise up during this waiting time in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you all say amen with me? Amen, amen, amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. For more information about Refinery Church, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. If these messages have blessed you, please consider supporting the ministry by visiting our website at wearerefinery.com give.